0: Hey, welcome to Hope Angers, everybody. I'm Johnny, and I'm sitting right next to Cookie.
1: All righty. And I'm still Sean, sitting across from Johnny, which I have to say, I am the owner of Cookie. And it's not cookies. It's just a cookie, which is a dog. Uh, Hey, everybody, uh, together we want to share the hope that anchors the very core of who you are to all that Jesus is.
0: And uh, a key verse for us has been Hebrews 6.19, which says that we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm
1: and secure. Amen, brother. You know, Johnny, when we do a different uh, twist, I know it's the same words, but we kind of jumbled things around and you threw cookie in there. And uh, it just kind (laughs) of... through our whole timing off. But that's just what we do, folks. And uh, hey, I hope you uh, have enjoyed this series uh, called Mixtape, uh, the Psalms, uh, a journey through the the book of Psalms, a lot of things that King David wrote uh, during a lot of different times in his life. And today we're going to jump into Psalm 71, in which Johnny will tell you it's one of his favorite songs.
0: <laughs> I think if I have a tombstone, that might be on it. <laughs> His favorite verse,
1: the Bible. My favorite verse,
0: <laughs> but uh no. The reason why I ended up picking this song is because there is a verse that really had uh, made an impact on me. I don't even know when. I'd have to look back on my journals because it, it feels like it's been since my twenties, and I'm fifty three, so it's been it's been a hot minute. But uh the uh, verse that really stuck out in my mind is where David. He is, you know, different depending on the translation. He's either talking about this as kind of looking ahead lord when i am old and gray or it could be that he is there now he's old and gray now but he says even when i'm old and gray do not forsake me my god until i declare your power to this next generation your mighty acts to all who are to come and the way that i had memorized it back um you know back in my 20s is where he said and i love this i'm going to back up into the um uh, verse seventeen, he says, "Oh God, you've taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do." I love that. That is awesome. I mean, talk about a, a definition of evangelism. It's that's it. I mean, yeah. you don't you don't have to memorize a bunch of stuff. You're just constantly telling people about the wonderful thing things God's doing. Man, you, we could. We could probably do a number of podcasts just saying that.
1: And you know, and, and it's not a, it's not about how much of the Bible you read. It's not about memorizing verses. It's not about uh, the chapters and verses. It's just about your personal relationship with God. And as you reflect and you look back and you just kind of see where God's hand has been throughout your whole life, you can see the times when you have felt alone. But then you realize that it was you that turned. But then you also will realize when God's been right there beside you. And I think this is the, just to tell people that story alone. Everybody's got a story. In your story, when you had a relationship with God, when you didn't have a relationship with God, but God has been around you for your entire life. As David has said last week, you were with me when I was in that secret room Mm. In my mother's womb, you were trying to teach me. Then, so as I as I grew old, you have always been there. So when you get to tell people your story, it's a story of love. It's a story of commitment. It's a it's it can be a sad story that turns great. Uh, I love last week when we talked about how David's been writing this song and we compared it to a country song. <laughs> and if you read in my post last week uh, when I put out about this, I said David almost wrote the perfect country song. The only thing that was missing was a pickup truck. <laughs> and that is true when you read these songs. And I love the fact they're called psalms, but you always call them songs. And it is. It is a song from our heart when we just sing his praises throughout And this is just another one of those to where David is looking back and reflecting on where he has been, the mistakes that he has made, the love that God has shared with him, David's own devotion to God. And I think that's why we see this beautiful story between David and God is because how many friends have you ever had that allows you the grace to make A mistake, Mm -hmm. a really bad mistake. And yet today you're still great friends. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what is happening throughout David's time. He has this great friend. Yes. And and you have said this in the past, and I love this phrase. Yes, God loves you. He really (laughs) likes you. Yeah. So verse
0: seventeen reminded me of something that I first heard from John Wesley. Now, um, back in the seventeen hundreds, the teaching of John Wesley and the songwriting of Charles Wesley brought on this incredible uh, revival and renewal movement in the church. And there are a number of streams, number of denominations that hail back to what happened during that movement. But John Wesley would talk about prevenient grace, and it, and you know this is the whole idea uh, that. God's grace has been in your life before you even came to know him, before you became converted, before you became born again. And it's just this recognition that God has been leading you up to that point Hmm. and recognizing that. And uh, church history, I mean, it looks like that uh, one of the first places that we can go to for its teaching was uh, St. Augustine. But it's just recognizing that God's been involved in your life, Up to the point of your conversion. It's not that, you know, things started for you at your conversion. It's that God's been working on you up to your conversion. So to recognize God's grace in all of his incredible ways, you know, the people that he led into your life. I mean, I think about the fact that even though most Sundays we would wake up as a family when I was really young and we would go, uh, should we go to church? Maybe, maybe not. And so sometimes we would, sometimes we wouldn't. There wasn't a whole, you know, there wasn't this big commitment in doing it. Uh, We would go to a little uh, church that was close to my grandparents' house and then we would go to Grandma Grandpa's house and we would watch Lions football and eat uh, Grandma's home cooking. But, you know, I remember a Sunday school teacher. Um, I do remember our pastor of that little church. And I remember the move that we made when I was in fifth grade to um, a church in Plymouth, Michigan, and and our pastor, who ended up becoming my, in a sense, lifelong pastor until he was promoted to glory, uh, coming over to our house when I was in fifth grade, and just all you know these these different people, people involved in my life who were telling me, teaching me, leading me, up to the time where I finally recognized that this is something. It's a decision that I have to make on my own when I was in 10th grade. I mean, there were, you know, five years of people working in my life in order to bring me to that point of decision. And here I grew up in the church. And, you know, nowadays we've got so many people who aren't growing up with any kind of background. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about the influence that maybe you've had in your life uh, that, you know, and what it took for you to get to a point of decision it's just recognizing what God has been doing. So I, I just I just love that whole idea that Lord you've taught me from my earliest childhood.
1: And just to piggyback on that, Johnny, for a lot of people out there that are like me, I was not raised in the church. I was probably a what I would call a creaster for most of my childhood. And if you don't know what a priester is, that is somebody that attends church on Christmas and Easter. <laughs> and throughout my childhood, that's really the way we were. It was not even a big deal. I think on Sundays, every once in a great while, I was forced to go to Sunday school. Mm. But I really couldn't tell you anything about it because it wasn't something that was really a part of our lives growing up. Um, not until I moved to a small town in Oklahoma, and I went to a very small church where there was a group of five kids. It was my my freshman year. I moved to this little neighborhood, and all five of them my age went to the same church. Mm. So that was my first experience of going to church. And I remember Brother Dan Palisano mm. preaching from the pulpit, Pouring out his heart. And it was the first time I've seen a grown man have so much passion for the Bible, would cry during sermons. Mm. And just, it was all, it was, it was more than fire and brimstone. It was love. It was compassion. It was dedication. It was all heart. And it was like, wow, this man's awesome. Mm. I was there for two years and then moved away. And for the next probably eight to 10 years, I was lost because mm-hmm. all I wanted to do was find another pastor like that. Mm-hmm. And I went to many churches, didn't find it. So I just kind of gave up until I married Julie and she drugged me to church. Mm-hmm. And probably for the first, gosh, I want to say 10, 15 years of our marriage, I attended church, but I didn't really go. Mm-hmm. I was there. I was hearing the word, but wasn't really feeding me, didn't mean anything to me. But God was always there. And I look back and the only way that I am here doing what I'm doing right now is because God had a hand in all of that. Mm -hmm. He planted that seed way back when I was in ninth grade Mm. and showed me what passion was for God. And ever since then, I was always searching for it, but never finding it but I don't think I was really looking with my heart. I was just like hoping somebody else would just come in and say, here it is. Mm -hmm. So from an early childhood, this is not my story. And I know it's not, it's not stories of everybody out there. I think it's great when you hear people that grew up in the church, kind of like you did, but then when you found it, it's stuck. And you know what? In 10th grade, you made your decision to really be a follower. That's fantastic. And I've seen those people. But it just wasn't my story, and I didn't really, it's, I really didn't come into the fold, so to speak, really didn't want to follow Christ until my mid-40s, and then even then it was just like dipping my toe into the water, and I really didn't become on fire for God until I was in my 50s, Mm. and I was just talking to my brother, Tom, who's been a guest on this show, Um, and it's that way with, my dad was the same way. Mm. Uh, my brother Tom's the same way I'm the same we all came into the fold into really fire on fire for God late in, you know in our early to mid 50s late late 50s and then it was like here we go mm. so but if we all looked back we could see God's hands throughout our lives and why we were protected at certain places it was so we could be where we are today mm-hmm. to tell this story of it's never too late.
0: Mm-hmm. So verse 18, whether, you know, in the NIV, it, it seems like he's looking ahead, even when I am old and gray. So if he is looking ahead, I love that whole idea that he's dreaming about something. I think, I think a lot of times we might be dreaming about retirement um, and. <laughs> I love the way that my pastor would put it. He said that, you know, he didn't want to retire. He wanted to refire. He wanted to get fired back up again for whatever God wanted him to do in, in his next chapter. Now he did retire from, you know, leading a church uh, full time, but then he went into, uh, taking on churches to help them out during the interim periods until they call their next pastor or he was in uh, leadership and in, in the denomination, but he always wanted to be re fired and never retired. Uh, but so, you know, if David is looking ahead to it or if he is in old age, I love the fact that if he is an old age, he's not just sitting back and going, all right, I'm done. Uh, I've done my thing. I'm going to let the, I'm let letting the kids take over. Yeah. All right, young adults, it's up to you. Uh, young couples it's up to you you know i'm just gonna sit here and uh you know just just enjoy it he didn't retire
1: go ahead and, and i have seen personally in churches um where you have somebody that maybe and they're not old and gray but they have been doing the same things over and over because they're part of a small church so they have put together all these committees They've sat on the board. They've been the president. They have put on fellowships. They have done all of this work for many years and they're not old and gray. Mm -hmm. They're just tired. They are just tired and they're just looking for somebody to come up and take it over. Mm -hmm. But even when somebody tries to help, it's kind of funny because they're the first ones to say they're not doing it right. (laughs) (laughs) I want change, but maybe not that way. And. But this this thing, you know, where it says now my version is now that I'm old and gray, mm-hmm. do not abandon me, oh God. And I think that is that is where we want to be re-fired. Hmm. Now that I'm tired, now that I've been doing this for so long, please God, don't let me be complacent with my life. Mm-hmm. Please just keep that fire going inside of me. Please allow me to adapt to the new ways of doing things mm-hmm. and to be a part of it. But I need somebody else to really run it and just let me enjoy being a part of it now. Mm-hmm. And I think that is where just don't abandon me. Just keep keep the fire in. I love that refired because <laughs> I will tell you that I never felt fired for the Lord until I retired from my last job. So mm-hmm. It was, it was when you say, I'm not retired, I'm refired, and it's true. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the, now that I'm old and gray, now that I've been doing this for so long, I think that is the prayer that we need to continue to pray for all of the members of churches and that's been around for a long time is just give them the strength to continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and I, I love the feeling that he has in this verse. He's like, do not forsake me, my God he doesn't want god to forget about him he he wants in on what god is doing and specifically declaring god's power his strength to the next generation yeah. he wants in on what god is doing in the next generation and you know all who are to come so i'm again so i'm 53 um next generation for me are people in their 30s and 40s i back when i was in my well so what's kind of fun, being back here in Indiana in ministry, that's kind of where I started in ministry because I was in college here, got involved in uh, Youth for Christ Campus Life. So we were doing clubs in high schools, and that's when I was a freshman. I was 17 going on 18 years old. And then after that, for a year, I was in youth ministry at Too Small Churches in Jonesboro and in Marion, Indiana. As an 18 year old going into my 19th year, so as an older teenager, you know, next generation for me, they were the they were the middle school, high school kids. Hmm. You know, I was just a couple of years removed from being a high school kid and was leading a, a youth group at the time. And then, so now, you know, I I don't have to be involved in. Uh, youth ministry, junior high high school my next generation are those young couples with kids or maybe they're even those couples who are uh, starting to have empty nests you know because yeah. <laughs> they're you know they're in their late 40s and and that that that's my next generation but uh, whoever it might be I you know you' it was David's desire to be involved in the generation coming up after him. He always wanted to be involved in what God was doing in that next generation. And I, I just, I love that heart. And I'm so glad that I had people around me as I was growing up who also had that heart. I mean, I can number so many people who, you know, the uh, the state police officer who was our small group leader as a young adult, um, the 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 businessmen who were involved in a men's group on Wednesday mornings where you know these guys are executives at Ford Motor Company and yet you know they had such an impact on me the the plumber and the electrician who went with us to to go into the Appalachian Mountains in order to you know rebuild homes i was learning plumbing and electrical work from these guys at church and mm. they were my mentors and i am just so grateful that they had a heart for the next generation. Some of these guys, they weren't involved in our youth group on a weekly basis. They would just come on these trips to be involved with us. And I'm just, you know, but they still had a relationship with me, with us. And and I'm so grateful for those guys who were involved in the next generation. I just, you know, I I can't, (laughs) I can't say more enthusiastically that, you know, maybe you would pray for, you know, what's your, what's your let me, What, what do you want God to do? You know, what do you want in on? What are you excited about? If you're not excited about anything, that's okay. Pray for that desire to come back. Pray for that desire to come. And, and God will reveal to you a way in which you can step out in faith in order to, to make an impact. And maybe it's to impact the next generation. It could be that to impact the generation um, ahead of you. I know that when, when Michelle and I were back in school, she really loved going to the nursing homes. And going there and just being a friend to to people who are there, and guess what? And thank, thankfully, my my uh, my mom is being cared for by some really amazing young adults. But I'm so grateful that there were people that there are people who absolutely love that line of work to be with people who are older than them. But pray for that for that desire and that passion. I just I I, I catch a lot of feeling in david's prayer here because it's just this lord don't abandon me don't forget about me don't don't cast me aside don't you know i want to i want to be in on what you are doing next and you know what we do is following him in what what he is doing i think you know and I, i borrow this line from henry blackaby but a lot of times we pray that god would bless what we're doing instead of us doing what god is blessing and so, you know, to, to pray that we could see where God is work and see his invitation to work with him. That's where a lot of the excitement comes in. I I do hope that you get recharged, you get fired up by, you know, listening to people teach or, or going to church and to worshiping and that kind of thing. But I'll tell you, one of the one of the things that really can get you fired up is when you see God do what only God can do, and he invites you into that work. And and you get excited because a lot of ta- a lot of times, it's right along the lines of the way that He's designed you, and even designed you in that moment. I don't foresee a day where the Lord would call me back into junior high and high school ministry, but I am excited for a new vision that God has for my life right now, and something that I, you know, will be will be laying out to our our faith family, but. There's just a lot of passion here in, in what David has to say. And I, I get excited about this verse.
1: You know, as you were talking and I'm sitting here contemplating all of this going through my mind, the whole new generation, It took it just took my mind to my current Bible study. Mm-hmm. And the new generation is not necessarily those in an age of behind you or in front of you, it could be the new generation of followers themselves, absolutely, that are just figuring out who God is. I mean,
0: because you were a baby in Christ at the age of
1: a fifty. I mean, a yeah. forty-five is when I started, yeah. and then it was like so. The new generation of Christ followers—that yeah. I, I get so excited when I real—I just realized that. It's not so much an age thing. It's about somebody who's coming along in God and Mm. figuring out who Christ is. That's the new generation of followers. And that does fire me up. Mm. I think of our Monday night Bible study group that's all on Zoom. And we have people that have been around Christ for a long time. We have people that have just found Christ in the last couple of years. And to watch them grow and lead on a Monday night Mm it's it's just beautiful and that's where i'm looking at this now going this new generation is not so much a new a younger generation of 15 years 16 25 30 years younger than me or even a little older it's those that are just figuring out who god is mm-hmm. and i think our country this world is is starving for the truth mm-hmm. of who god is and it could be I'm looking at this now and I'm realizing it's just a new generation of Christ followers. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, for me, that fires me up. Mm-hmm. That just like pours more fuel into my heart. And it's almost like God's saying, Sean, you're, you're getting it. And I have strength in teaching. I have strength in, in doing my little research and going into and trying to express the truth And I think this is where God's really leading me. And this is why I'm in this seat right now across from you doing this podcast. This is why I went back to work as a contractor to be in the classrooms to tell stories and to show and be that example of where Christ has been throughout my whole life Mm -hmm. and why I'm doing what I'm doing today. This is why you invite me on Sunday mornings to come up and deliver the message with you. It's because that's the new generation of those that are trying to figure out who Christ is. And this is my role today Mm -hmm. as I am turning old and gray. Hmm. Hmm. That's wonderful.
0: Mm -hmm. And part of David sharing with the next generation how incredible God is, is the fact of, you know, verse 20, it says, though you've made me see troubles and many, many and bitter You will restore my life again from the depths of the earth. You will again bring me up. I think it's really good for people to hear how we struggle, um, you know, when we've gone through some dark times and yet how uh, God has been there for us, how he's walked with us. And I think part of declaring God's power to the next generation, whether it's, you know, in age or in spirit. Is to share with them that life isn't always going to be incredible as a follower of Jesus. That you will you will still struggle. You will still go through very hard times, and you know. But David is this symbol for us, an example for us of someone who has seen God as his strength, seen God as a, a place to go to for safety, and seen God as someone who's been absolutely faithful in walking with him during those tough times.
1: And I think we can tie that go right back to the very first verse of Psalm 71. Oh Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me and rescue me for you do what is right. Turn your ear to listen to me and set me free. Mm-hmm. Be my rock for safety where I can always hide. I love that. Give the order to save me. <laughs> for you are my rock and my fortress. This is the truth of who God is. You need a place to to hide. You need a place to where you just want to get away from the chaos of this world. Just allow God to be there for you. Allow God to surround you, to put his arms around you, and feel his warmth, and then sing praises to God for that. It's not about God, take this away from me. It's about, God, thank you for being here with me. Mm-hmm. How many times have we, f- we, we feel that abandonness. We feel that fear that God has left us. But in all reality, it's just, we just need to pause, take a deep breath, and know that God is with me. We
0: mm-hmm. hope that you've been encouraged by these words. Uh, it's This is exactly what we want to be about, is just really giving you something to hold on to, um, the verse that we tend to use for our closing just talks about the fact that everything that, that has been written has been written to teach us so that we would never give up. God wants to go along with you. He wants to walk with you. And uh, we just hope that this has challenged you and encouraged you in some way.
1: Hey everybody, thanks for listening to Hope Anchors. Paul wrote in Romans fifteen four, for everything that was written in the past, was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope.
0: And that's been our purpose is to give you something to anchor your hope to. So don't give up, keep looking up and keep hope alive. Amen, Johnny.